Award-winning writer and director Erica Rose and writer-actor Olivia Levine's new short film called Let Live, starring Christine Taylor, Rosaline Elbey, as well as Olivia herself. And the film will premiere at this year's Tribeca Film Festival 2023. Now, Erica Rose is an award-winning writer-director with a focus on queer and female-driven stories. She's co-created, executive produced, and directed episodes for the Roku original series, The Lesbian Bar Project, which received a special recognition award at the GLAAD Media Awards. Now, after screening in over 40 film festivals internationally, her short film Girl Talk premiered online and currently has over 36 million views. She's in development for various television and film projects as well, so she's very busy. Now, Olivia Levine is a queer actor, comedian, and writer. She received her BA in theater from Bernard College and Columbia University, and Olivia's film credits include Tallulah, opposite of Allison Janney and I Hate Kids with Titus Burgess and Tom Everett Scott. Now, Olivia is currently developing Let Live into a feature with director Erica Rose. This must-see live-action short film, Let Live, is a real-life tale of abandonment, addiction, pain, and love, facing our faults, and discovering understanding that can lead to forgiveness. Now, it's one of the best storylines that I've seen in the last couple of years when it comes to short films. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome writer-director Erica Rose and writer-actor Olivia Levine and their incredible short film, Let Live, to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank, wow, what a what an intro. Yeah, that was special. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. just think I'm like, it's who all... wants to hear us after that? Like I, I'm just like, <laughs> I could watch you for an hour. Well, I want to know more from both of you because I, I'm going to confess, I'm going to be transparent. When I I will start off to say that to both of you, this is one powerful short film to the point that I had tears in my eyes when it ended. Oh, thank you. That means a lot, obviously. (laughs) So so for both of you, kind of give all of us the synopsis of this film. Yeah. um, So it's a short film about um, an estranged mother and daughter that run into each other at an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. uh, And then they sort of have it out from there uh so that's that's the short synopsis yeah and we're and we're gonna get into that and uh olivia for you what inspired you to write the script yeah i mean i grew up uh going to aa meetings i have been surrounded by a lot of family members that uh you know have their various relationships to alcohol and so uh, i was definitely drawing on personal experience um And I think sort of at the crux of the film and what interests me perhaps most is this idea of like what it means to take care of yourself versus another person. And if you can do both things at the same time. Um, And so I think that concept really inspired me and I wanted to explore that. Well, you wrote a fantastic script and Erica, what was it about the script that inspired you to direct it? So Olivia and I have known each other for a while, but when we started talking more intimately about this project, uh, I found that this was a fresh perspective I had never seen about addiction because often stories about addiction are, you know, pretty harrowing, which makes sense. It's like, you know, it's a really intense, obviously, 
complicated uh, affliction. But what I loved about Olivia's script is that it was very relatable. It was hilarious. And it viewed people in like a three-dimensional way. And it also really talked about addiction uh, from the standpoint of a, the central relationship between mother and daughter. And as I think many of us know and have experienced, addiction isn't usually just a thing that is an isolated experience. It's usually familial, intergenerational, or if, it, if another family member doesn't have addiction uh, problems, they are still within the addiction experience with you as you know they're living the experience out um, you know, by your side. So I think that what I really responded to and what we really developed together uh, when Olivia shared the script with me is kind of building out this relationship between Liv and her mother and also Liv and her partner and the other people in the room and how she relates to others through the lens of her own uh, relationship with alcohol. Yeah, and you bring up a very, um, you bring up a word that a lot of people may not actually focus on a lot, but you really bring it up here. And I, and I didn't even think about it when I watched the film, but generational, that happens a lot. I think it ha it's more common than people realize. You know, children grow up, they see their parents, maybe there's a problem, maybe there's drug abuse, maybe there's alcohol abuse. And sometimes it trickles down into them and thinking that's the outlet that if life gets bad, they kind of lean towards that outlet to maybe uh, numb or hide the pain in some way. So I really, I'm really glad that you kind of brought that up. Now, for both of you, from the script to filming, did either of you happen to look at AA's 12 Steps of Recovery while making this film? Yeah, um, you know, we actually even, we went to an open meeting together. So uh, for those unfamiliar, you know, uh, some AA meetings are closed for members only and people that qualify to be in the program. And then some are open to guests, maybe friends uh, of someone in the meeting or someone that wants to observe what's going on. Um, so it's actually a funny story because yeah. we, um, we showed I was up like, you have to tell the story. You have to tell the whole story. story. We showed up to this church um, and we walked in and they all said, oh, welcome, welcome. We're so, we're so excited to have you. Um, you know, there's like a COVID testing we do beforehand and there is the material, there's all the books. And I, you know, I've been to several AA meetings and I didn't recognize the book. And I was like, oh, maybe this is just a different book. And it's a little strange we're doing COVID testing, but that's fine, you know, whatever. Um, uh, and this was later in the pandemic. Um, and and then finally they asked, and so uh, have, you, have you sung with us before? And we were like, I'm sorry, what? And they were like, are you... <laughs> or are you altos and we were like oh this is not an AA meeting this is a group choir practice uh then we clarified what we were there for and they pointed us uh towards the back room which was where the AA meeting was actually uh taking place but um yeah so we attended that meeting together and I think for Erica I mean she can speak to this but I think it was an opportunity to see like in real life um honestly just like kind of how how much humor can exist in those spaces uh, in, in conjunction, of course, with s sort of some pain or, uh, or whatever else is happening. Um, but yeah, I grew up like pretty intimately familiar with, with the 12 steps of AA and we definitely, we definitely did our research. Uh, yeah. Well, you, the research you did is stellar, plain and simple. And the, the power of this film seems to be a guide to those dealing with addiction 
to seek help. Was that one of the goals? I mean, it, it definitely wasn't necessarily the singular goal. I think that we wanted to tell an honest story and with that, and we wanted to talk about an honest story and a complicated story of what it means to heal. And I think that there's a lot of open-ended questions, uh, but we really wanted to encourage people to have a dialogue, whether it's with themselves, with the people closest to them, with strangers, uh, anonymously, you know, and I think that this film really provides an outlet for that conversation. And we really in, a, you know, to your earlier point in terms of like our framework of this intergenerational story, uh, there's kind of, it's not linear. It's something where one thing it's like we, this like alcohol between Liv and Judy, her mother was a thing that was the fuel to bringing them together in many ways, which we kind of talk about in the film. And it's also this element that really drove them apart. And I think with that, there it is a element that's very relatable to many people's lives and can instill this kind of conversation that a lot of people are afraid to have. And this question of like, and Liv asks a lot of these questions, uh, both, you know, in, in to others openly and to her mom and to herself. And I think that we wanted people to watch that and, you know, relate to her or have more empathy for someone who might be going through that. And you absolutely achieved that because Olivia, and I have to direct this to you because your acting was fantastic. Oh, um, you. <laughs> you brought Liv. It, it was so real that I can see that if someone is dealing with addiction that is struggling where they truly want to break the addiction. They want to seek help, but they don't know that first step. This film showed me that it's almost like it's like a, a, a helper to those people needing help and they can relate to your character and go, okay, I can make that first step. I can get past the nervousness, maybe, you know, the feeling of embarrassment, maybe shame or guilt or whatever it takes to to sit in front of a bunch of strangers and admit for the first time you have a problem. And I watched your film more than once because after the first time I'm grabbing Kleenex, but I'm like <laughs> sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, this film is so powerful to the point that I can literally see millions of people going, I can seek help. I can get help. It's all because I, you literally showed, you know, these steps that if people watch this film closely, they're going to get it. And it's going to give them a little sense of peace that there is hope that they can overcome and, and be someone new. And, you know, from your Erica, from your directing and Olivia, from your acting, this, this film was just so synergistically well done from beginning <laughs> to end. And uh, it was kind of funny because the character Liv is showing this apprehension. There's this nervousness, there's this fear. But it was kind of funny because there was a bit of humor where, I, okay, I shouldn't say it. Okay, humor not in the way of funny. Humor yeah. in which many people use humor to hide a weakness or right. an insecurity. 
So, and I picked that up from Lib from from the from your character Olivia, and um, because of the way that she made fun of that other uh, girl in the meeting, like you know, either making fun of her purse or oh, you know, maybe she's a real housewife or whatever. And I and I was sitting there going, we all do that. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. all guilty yeah. of doing that. And uh, but Erica, from your direction, you created a bit of a mirror for people to see that we all have those feelings. And uh, you kind of made us through the work of the lens to look a bit within ourselves. Was that a goal too? Definitely. Um, I mean, just to speak to, I think it's, Olivia and I just had such a great working relationship in developing the language of this film. Uh, we worked really closely together. And yeah, I give her all the, of course, writing and creation credit for this fantastic film but we really worked hand in hand in bringing it to life. And we, you know, I like when I direct other people's writing, it's very important to me that I'm like in that process with them and understand kind of every beat of like, and that we're on the same page uh, about every single moment of the film. And then, you know, I take that and interpret it visually. And I think with Olivia's script, there was so much room to play. And I really wanted this uh, timelessness because when I read this, I was like, this could be, you know, this could be set in any decade, really. And I think that with this timelessness, and I wanted to feel really New York, and I wanted it to feel like in this like very specific color story. And I think that a lot of the film is dealing with memory and interpretation of memory. And often when I think about interpretation of memory and flashbacks, and when we think to these moments of our life, for me personally, it's always very kind of coded with a very specific color story. And that's often tied to my emotional state at the time. So I really wanted to bring this element to the movie where we have these like different worlds of, um, you know, color between present day and her past. And we also throughout the film get to experience that one memory in different ways. And often it's like when we have this traumatic experience or this traumatic memory that we are repressing, we kind of, it comes in different flashes. And that's something that Olivia and I really played with in the writing process and it was really fun to bring it to life uh, visually. And we had a wonderful uh, DP named Alexa Carroll who I worked very closely with to kind of like, you know, we were very specific with um, just every framing choice. There's like, you know, if you watch closely, even just like down to the very specific camera movement, like sometimes the camera will feel like completely static. Other times it will feel like, slight movement and then when like live erupts in the meeting it's like this avalanche um so we were very and which made the shooting process a little bit more tedious but it was definitely uh worth it so, hey, well um, it is because yeah. you know film is 50 percent acting 50 percent camera movement and but you bring up a, a very important word you said interpretation and i want to direct this to you olivia because of the fact that You've been to AA meetings, you've seen family members, and you've gone through this experience. And I, because Erica brings this word up, then it dawned on me even clearer between Liv and Judy. Each one has their own interpretation as to what happened. Mm -hmm. Liv as the child and being abandoned. Judy uh, has her own interpretation of what happened. And that happens to millions and millions of people, millions of family, millions of marriages. There's this interpretation of when something goes wrong, everybody has 
their own view of what happened. Mm-hmm. And, but you, and I don't want to speed this up, but you really bring it together in a seamless manner in this film. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's, it, that's very interesting uh, because like I said, that was one of the primary focuses, I think. Um, how do we sort of navigate a situation where our either recollection of something is different from the other person or just the consequences of what happened were different? And I think ultimately, like, I don't have an answer. I think Judy, to me, made the choice that she needed to make and Liv has every right to feel upset by that. And that was obviously painful for both of them. And I think sometimes choices that need to be made cause pain and that's life, you know? Um, Was there a more perfect way to navigate that situation? Maybe, but I think when people are caught up in trying to, I mean, ultimately Judy's trying to take care of herself. She's newly sober. She's dealing with this daughter who has an alcohol problem and it's bringing up too much for her to have to deal with this person. And it's jeopardizing the progress she's made. And, you know, I don't know that she's, if, if her sobriety's, you know, being threatened, can she even be there for Liv to begin with? So I think like, there are just so many factors to consider. And, um, you know, I, I wanted this film to be something that raised questions for people. I even wanted it to raise questions about, you know, being an AA, like I have immense amounts of respect for that, for, for the program. Um, I think it's so fantastic in so many ways. I also think that, you know, part of lives, part of what's going on is questioning some of that experience as well. And kind of, you know, raising the point or, or the question rather, is this the only option? Is this the only option for recovery? Um, does you know does everyone in AA have their stuff together no it's like every everything in this is everything and everyone in this is flawed and um and And we need to see that and we need to see that because even when i was watching it uh liv is probably feeling my mother is selfish she is not going to help me she's not taking care of me she's selfish she left again it's interpretation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Judy's thinking, I have got to get myself straight. I got to get myself sober. I can't be the mother I need to be if I'm not sober. So mm-hmm. you have this friction. You have these different interpretations going. But it is so true to life. This is why this film is such a beautiful body of work. And when I saw Liv... Uh, you know, in that she she seemed to have that moment of peace within the group during that time of sharing where mm-hmm. she's listening to everybody until she sees her mother. She comes face to face, literally with her past without warning. And I do not wish that on anyone. Uh, but that's what short films do, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah, there was no safety net for her in that scene. And when her reaction was so defensive, I mean, I sat there watching and I could, you could feel the elephant in the room. You almost felt, you know, you know how when two, if you're in a room with other people and two people break out into an argument and you sit there and you're like, 
I want to run away. Uh, this is embarrassing for me, but it has nothing to do with me. That's the feeling that that scene brought. And I'm like, if, if a director and a writer can bring forth that emotion to the audience and make that audience be forced to be part of that group, you, you did it. You literally did it. Well, thank you. I mean, that was what was actually really fun about that scene was to play with that tension and, you know, and to balance those, all of those elements that this is the worst, potentially, you know, the worst or second worst day of Liv's life. This is also an opportunity to that Judy has been hoping for, for the past decade. And then it's also amusing and kind of hilarious, but also awkward for everyone else in the room. So it was fun to like play with all of those elements. And that's why it's like, you know, every single person in that room really delivered in that moment too, because there's so many emotions happening. One, this is completely against all decorum of AA to have someone act like that. And that's, you know, the beauty of cinema that we get to play with that. And also, you know, she's not just attacking her mother, she's attacking, a, you know, the entire program and the people in that room. And that's why, you know, we have that moment that beat with Marty, um, you know, her not quite girlfriend, but the girl that she really likes. And we have that moment of devastation. And we, it was very important to us that we really, we need to add that in because, you know, what she's just watched not only this person that she like really likes uh, kind of implode in front of her, but this person is attacking her too. And something that a program that helped her heal. So mm -hmm. it was really interesting like that. I just give credit to show, like obviously Olivia for nailing that performance, but really everyone in that room worked collectively to create that moment that you walk away and there's all those emotions. And, you know, uh, Monica White, who plays our uh, uh, meeting chair, Jean, has the best line at the end of that and the best performance at the end of that, because, you know, you could like, the tension is so thick. You just need like, you know, a bit of humor to cut that. So I just want to give credit to so many people. for Well, doing uh, Olivia, how many times did you have to do that scene? Oh, good handful for sure. Yeah. Um, but I was really in it then. It was funny because um, Christine Taylor, who plays my mother, had come in the room. You know, we'd all been there longer than she had. Um, and when we did her coverage first, I think, and when because she mm -hmm. had just gotten there, like the intensity of literally her just arriving to set kind of it hit me. And so I was like, oh, I wish you had my coverage right now because I was like <laughs> so emotional. But I mean, I think we, it managed to be fine when we got around to me. But like, yeah, I think that's one of, you know, I have um, a lot of my background is in theater. And I think one of the things that I like about film is sort of just like, yeah, you you get you get to try a lot of different things and you get to really play with everything that's happening, whether it's like, okay, this woman in real life just came in and I don't know her that well and I have some nervousness and how do I incorporate that? Uh, so I think, yeah, that was one of the beauties of, you know, not only working with this medium, but also just like working with wonderful people, you know, like Erica well, said, everyone in the room was so game. Everyone in the room was so wonderful. Um, the whole set was run just like very well. I think uh, that's what happens when you have like mostly queer and, uh, you know, uh, women and non-binary folks on set. So, well, you know, yeah, the, um, the outburst, mm -hmm. the intensity, 
after I watched the film a second time, I sat there and I was, and I went back and I paused it at that scene and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm like, what is it? What is it about the scene? What is it? And it had finally dawned on me. I've been, I've been guilty of that. So I have a bunch of other people. But it's also a sign of that person actually yelling out for help. It's mm-hmm. their only way to get all of the hurt, the anger, um, the confusion, whatever is living inside of them that they need to get out. It all comes out at once and it hits everybody in the room. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be an AA meeting. And yeah. <laughs> when that scene, when you did that scene, I was like, wow, it, it, you, you can't get any more real than that. But I have to say this, theater people make the best actors. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was a bunch of, we actually shot it very, you know, much, almost like as close to theatrically as possible. Like I felt, you know, it was kind of like a Sydney Lumet approach in a way where it's like everyone's in the room, like the camera like kind of moves around people. And it was very much like, I, I love working that way too um and often in film you have to be you know so tedious and like so specific and like kind of just go in for very specific coverage but it was really nice kind of we worked very round robin and lit 360 so we for the most part 360 so we had that ability to really just like keep everyone in the room which i think helped uh the you know the performances so much because yeah as olivia was saying like christine walks in and it's like, like, and that was done very purposely schedule wise that she's gonna like, we're gonna shoot the first half of the meeting without her. And it's like, we're getting all more relaxed. And then it's like, what happens yeah. when this new energy comes in and disrupts that, which, and it's also, you know, she is one of the kindest, sweetest people on earth. Like we do not deserve we a Christine Taylor in our lives, yeah. but she's also, you know, this big, deal and i think that also helped too where it's like this kind of like big element kind of walking into the room and like we don't know what we're gonna get and how we're all gonna feel but by the end it was just like so well how did how did you end up casting christine so we brought on this wonderful casting director named charlotte arnew who uh is a dear friend of mine and we kind of started talking about who we wanted for judy and then i thought about christine as someone that um, I've always really admired. I have thought that she has delivered multifaceted performances and very dynamic. And, you know, she's obviously has the comedic chops, but I had seen her in more dramatic roles. And I thought that she's someone who is, has this ability to kind of like make you fall in love with her. And which I thought was an interesting element for Judy that she's so likable in so many ways. Like she walks into that meeting and charms the socks out of, out of everyone. Everyone's kind of under her spell. And it's like, you want to, you know, kind of be in her orbit, which I think is this, like she has this magnetic energy and Christine just like really captured that. So um, we, Olivia and I wrote her this, uh, as you do, like this letter um, and Charlotte sent and Christine was game and on board and she, um, really also believed in championing like uh, female artists and uh, younger female artists, especially, and has just been a wonderful partner in this project. Well, for Olivia, when you said nervousness, were you nervous when you saw Christine Taylor enter that scene? (laughs) Um, I mean, just seeing her. I mean, did she make you nervous? 
Yeah, at that point, a little. Yeah, I mean, we'd done a rehearsal and we'd had like a Zoom meeting. And like Erica said, she's literally the nicest person in the world. And I felt so comfortable <laughs> around her. But once, you know, the big day came and like the emotions were running high and there was adrenaline. Yeah, I definitely felt nervous because it was like, oh, I'm acting opposite this person who has so much more experience than I do. So I think like a lot of stuff was coming up for me. Um, and yeah, so definitely when she entered the room, I was nervous. And then I think also, you know, that being so parallel to the moment that actually happens, which is this woman entering a space where people have already kind of established a dynamic, like that was so helpful because it just brought that up for me. Um, and I was like, whoa, here's this new presence and this new energy. And I'm feeling very sensitive to it right now. So that like was immensely helpful with my acting. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, I want to ask both. I'm going to direct this question to both of you. When the AA counselor said it was a good time to say the serenity prayer, I yeah. paused the film <laughs> and I literally said the serenity prayer myself. Oh, wow. Mm. I love that. It was then that the whole story, because, and, 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 and this is the reason why I paused it, because it was then that the whole story came to life for me as a viewer and it did it for a reason. So, and, and I want to see if I get this correct, because it says, God grant me the serenity. And for, for those of you watching and listening, peace. To accept the things I cannot change. Now, Liv and her mother couldn't change the past. But then, courage to change the things I can. So, well, that's taking the first step. That's admittance. That's even when Judy reached out to Liv. Uh, the attempted hug was the first step to heal that mother-daughter relationship. And then, and wisdom to know the difference. Now the learning and the healing can truly begin. I literally found it absolutely, simply beautiful. Yeah, I mean, you got that. I think that interpretation is very very accurate. And I think, you know, obviously everyone has their different interpretation depending on the context, but um, yeah, I think that's so true what you just said. And, you know, I think the wisdom to know the difference can kind of be the tricky part for a lot of people, you know, um, kind of contending with the fact that you can't change certain things and trying to be open to what it is that you can like change and receive. Um, that's a that's a really hard one for some people that's hard for me in my daily life you know so i think that that's well, the hard for me most i had i mean again i had tears in my eyes and my dad went to aa decades ago uh mm -hmm. we always had the serenity prayer hanging on the wall in our kitchen so the film was very real to me um but and again yeah. i found it interesting that and I want to direct this to both of you because writer, director, uh, working together, I found it interesting that Liv brought up the serenity prayer first with her mom while they sat on the steps together. Why Liv instead of her mom? Well, it's it was important narratively that we show change in Liv. And that was... What, what the whole film was building up to was that she was willing to start this dialogue and this conversation with her mom, the kind of the big, biggest like obstacle that she's encountered for, you know, the kind of past 10 years of her life. 
And that was one thing that it was important that we show like our protagonist taken action to, you know, and to show that her growth and development, even in short films, you need to see that because, you know, that's the whole thing with a hero's journey. And it was very important. We talked about this a lot that Liv needs to take that that action um, and to show that. And one thing that it's like, we were very conscious, like this is not wrapped up neatly in a bow. There is still obviously so much that healing that needs to be done for that relationship and the two of them individually. But it's the first step and it's an important first step. And the serenity prayer element, um, that was part of the script since the draft, the one that I read. It was such an important, beautiful moment in the script and the like one of the main reasons that drew me in. And because, you know, I I had previously um made an episode with the Lesbian Bar Project. I had done an episode about um someone who uh, has a, uh, alcoholism and, you know, owns and operates a bar. And we talked a lot about when I was developing that episode with her, how the opposite of addiction is connection. So I had that really present in my mind as I was approaching Let Live. And uh, Olivia and I had a lot of conversations around that. And what was important at the end is that the serenity prayer also serves as this shared language between them. And it's something that you know, Liv took from her childhood and her exposure to this and something that she appreciated about the program and appreciated about her relationship with Judy. And it is the first time where we literally see a shared language between them. And that is the connection that is ultimately going to be, you know, her way of, uh, you know, not necessarily transcending addiction because it's obviously not like that, but to kind of uh, be able to be on this pathway to healing. Well, for, you know, for those that have actually seen the film, what has been the reaction to it besides mine? Yeah, I think, um, you know, like you said, you had a dad in AA. I think a lot of people have either people that have been in the program or have struggled with addiction. And so I think it definitely just tends to resonate with a lot of people. Um, I think that the mother-daughter relationship stands out for a lot of people. Um, you know, we can all relate to that. I mean, most of us can rather. Um and I mean, it's generally been received well, I think, <laughs> like, you know, uh, I'm sure other people will think whatever they want. But I think as of now, um, people have responded quite strongly. And I think had, had it's, it's just resonated kind of across the board for various reasons, depending on the purpose, which is so wonderful. Um, and I think also, like I said, one of my biggest goals was to have people walk away with sort of questions and grappling with like what we just explored and a lot of people I, I think have and that's super important to me because I don't want someone to walk away being like oh I know exactly what went on and exactly how I felt about that you know um yeah because I still don't know how I feel about it all you know so I, I love people when people articulate that sentiment as well well I've never seen a short film that was predictable and um but really? for both of I've you I've seen a lot <laughs> <laughs> I, oh I, 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 I bet you have <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, what, yeah. what's it like knowing that uh, you were accepted to be shown at the Tribeca Film Festival? Uh, it's awesome. Um, we really, we actually worked really specifically to premiere at Tribeca. We thought it would be a perfect premiere for us. We're a New York-based team. And I have been, um, you know, a big fan of Tribeca and have worked with, the, have, other, have had other projects at the festival before. 
but uh, it was like very important to me that this premiered at Tribeca. And we shot this in November and submitted it to Tribeca in February. So, you know, that's also a testament to our amazing editor, Chelsea Taylor, who deserves a lot of credit, especially for that outburst scene, because basically we changed very little of that scene from her initial uh, rough cut of that. So she really understood the story in the movie and like all the beats of it and the timing of it expertly. So uh, major shout out to her. But um, just to kind of like go back to your earlier question of what mm-hmm. people say when after they watch it, um, they are so moved by Olivia's performance. That's like the number one thing I hear, which is like so awesome to hear because, you know, I think this is a divisive, complicated character. And I think that a lot of times, especially when you have like a female protagonist, so much of the conversation around that person is like likability and that's it. And for me, I'm not interested in likability. I'm interested in empathy and understanding. And if you understand where she's coming from. And I think that we actually accomplished both because we weren't concerned with likability. We were concerned with, does this person do their, we were concerned with her motivations. We were concerned where she's coming from. And I also just give so much credit to Olivia for just, delivering an amazing performance, which is really hard to do under all the pressure and stress of making a short. And, you know, she's also a producer on this and like really bringing this together. And I just think that is incredibly, incredibly challenging. So I want to, that's like the number one thing. And and you did it. I mean, (laughs) you know, you didn't try to make her likable. I mean, in a way, you know, when people are, I guess dealing with addictions, a lot of times they're not that likable. But no. she wasn't like really bad. But you know, I like the fact yeah. that you re- you removed that element within this film. And you know, Olivia, you know, I, I can hear the words now. And the Academy Award for Best Actress <laughs> goes to, wow. and because it's it's that kind of film. And now I'm wondering because you're writing the feature, right? That's the plan. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Feature film, and it'll probably be a great Netflix series that uh, people could get into. Maybe it's the next succession. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You're setting the bar high for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I think a feature film is a pretty high bar for anybody. I mean, that is a that is a lot of work. And so I'm I'm guessing that with a feature that you're gonna help fill in a lot of the blanks for us from this short because this was a mighty tease. <laughs> that That is the plan. Yeah, definitely some more specifics about, you know, what went down between Judy and Olivia and kind of more of the background about where, uh, where Liv is coming from personally and, um, and her, her various relationships outside of, outside of, you know, the, the meeting room that it takes place in um, definitely fleshing out the Marty dynamic a lot more as well. So yeah, we've just we've just been really excited exploring, you know, excited to explore what what's been coming up for us and uh, you know, we're excited to to take this to the next level. Well, you know, I think it's pretty impressive to be uh, seen at the Tribeca Film Festival from what I understand that there were over 8,000 submissions and to be chosen to be shown a pretty high honor. <laughs> yeah. It's we're super um it's incredible. And we're so excited to screen and we, um, our screening sold out within three minutes, which, uh, 
was uh, shocking. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. And it's like, now it's like, you know, it just it builds the whole uh, anticipation and everything. But no, it's it's really an incredible feeling. And I think that I, um, you know, with filmmaking in general, you it's like rejection 99% of the time. Um, and that's on all sides of it, like directing, writing, acting. And, you know, it's validating that a festival like Tribeca wants to screen this. And I think that this film comes from a really honest, vulnerable place. And it's something that we worked really hard on and uh, had such a wonderful team that supported this. And we're just really excited. And I think what's really cool too, is that we didn't compromise on our vision. Like we really set out to make the film the way we wanted to make it. Um, and, you know, obviously we got notes and we're very receptive to feedback. Um, but I think that we, it, it's awesome that we wanted to tell the story this way and people were receptive to that. And Tribeca is also an Oscar qualifying event, correct? Yes. Yes. Well, we're going to see what happens there. <laughs> so for both of you, what's next? Um, I, yeah, I'm, uh, well, we're developing the Let Live feature, which we're both extremely excited about. And um, I, I am doing the first international episode of the Lesbian Bar Project, and we're filming in Germany uh, this summer. And Olivia, what about you? Yeah, uh, again, lots of energy towards this feature because we want to make it happen. And then I'm working on another feature, um, actually, with uh, my father, who is also a creative man, um, uh, and just developing a few other writing projects, mostly. Oh, my goodness, great. This is, this is I love this film. And ladies and gentlemen, you can have the opportunity to actually see this film. And the great thing about Tribeca is you can actually go online and you can sign up. And if you can't be in New York in person, and unfortunately you can, you don't you can't get a ticket now because it's sold out, but you can literally watch it online, and they have a particular date of release for that. But Let Live will be shown at the Tribeca Film Festival on June 11th, uh, and oh, I do have it. You can watch it by streaming beginning June uh, 19th through July the 2nd, and I will tell you this: it is worth every minute. So if you have friends or family that need help and are, well, struggling, or I should say straddling the fence about ever going to an AA meeting or seeking help for addiction, watch Let Live, watch it first, then reach out in love and share it with them. I truly believe this film can help many people take that first step to sobriety and freedom. And for both of you, uh, Erica and Olivia, you did a stellar job. I'm not just saying that. I absolutely love this film. It was moving. It was touching. Anything that causes me to grab a Kleenex, it's a home run. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. much thank you. And All right. also just to note that this is not, this is just the beginning of our festival run. So as you mentioned, we are sold out, and but we will be screening virtually. And also we plan to screen at many more festivals, not just around the country, but the world. So we'll keep people posted on our screening schedule. Oh, yeah. fantastic. And ladies and gentlemen, look up both Erica Rose and Olivia uh, Levine. Follow them. Follow this journey for Let Live. I believe this. there's going to be great things coming from this film and for this film. So again, getting tuned with them. And again, thank you so much for coming onto the program and sharing so this incredible film with me and all and everyone who is watching and listening. 
And ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for watching the, the Ward Bond Show. And don't forget, go online to our brand new YouTube channel called Bond on Cinema. And as for me, I'll see you next time.